0: So hi guys, Um, my name is Natalie. I'm a senior in college. I'm um, originally from Kansas City, Kansas, so pretty far away from you guys, I guess, Um, and I go to school at Kansas State University, which is like two hours west of Kansas City, right in the middle of Kansas, right in the middle of the country, so um, that's where I'm located. I am double majoring in biology and Spanish, um, and I'm also a pre-medicine student, so I was just accepted into the University of Kansas School of Medicine about a month ago. It was September 30th is when I got my email. Um, so I'll graduate from undergrad in May and then I'll start in at medical school in July. Um, so I don't have a gap here or anything. I'll just jump right in. Um, I'm super excited. I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm excited for the next chapter. But I'm here to talk to you guys a little bit about the MCAT and about the whole process in general. So for the MCAT, it there's four sections in the MCAT. Um, there's chemical and physical foundations of biological systems. So this is just chemistry and physics. Um, so this is where you have your general chemistry, your or- organic chemistry, and then your general physics. So for my school, it was just like physics one and two, no engineering physics or anything crazy like that, just general. By the way, if you guys have questions, feel free to either like put them in the chat or just shout them out. Um, okay, and then the next section is critical analysis and reasoning skills. So people just call this one CARS. And basically what this is, is just the reading section of the ACT on steroids. It's just 10 times harder. Um, so there will be like a little passage about who knows what, it can be about humanities, it can be about um, literature, classical music. I had a friend who got A passage about wine on her MCAT and then you just have to answer questions about it. Um, So very similar to the reading section of the ACT in the way that it's formatted. And then the third section is biological and biochemical foundations of living systems and this one is just biology and biochemistry. Um, So this is where you have your general biology, you have your cellular molecular biology, um, your human body biology like anatomy and physiology, um microbiology so basically all the biologies you've taken in undergrad and then biochemistry as well just general biochem and then the fourth section is psychological social and biological foundations of behavior and this is just psychology and sociology so i know the names sound big and scary but they're classes that you probably have already been taking um, and they're just presented in a little bit of a different format than you're used to so next is the format. Um, so the three science sections are all formatted the same. The only one that's a little bit different is cars. So for the science sections, there's 59 questions in there in each section. Usually you have about 10 passages with four to seven questions each, and then there's 15 standalone questions that aren't attached to a passage at all. Um, so the passage-based questions, you know, you can either get a question that asks you about something that's directly said in the passage. Or maybe you have to use a chart that's in the passage and some background science information to answer the question. Um, and then the standalone questions, since they don't come with a passage, you just have to um, use that background content information that you have to answer the question. And it's 95 minutes. And then CARS, like I said, is a little bit different. So there's 53 multiple choice questions in CARS, a little bit less. There's nine passages in CARS and then five to six questions each. It just varies. Um, and this one's 90 minutes. So it's a little bit less time, but it's less questions as well. Um, and like I said, there's no standalones in these because um, all of these are passage based. You just have to answer questions about the passage. And then bio and biochem is the same as chem and phys, and so is psych and Soch. So those three are all formatted the same. It's just CARS. That's um a little bit different. Do you guys have any questions so far? I know it's a lot of information.
1: So um, I had one regarding like to the physics. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, so I know like right now I'm taking like calc-based physics, and then I wanted to switch into um, physics for life science, like for physics two. Mm-hmm. Do you think like um? I would be better prepared if I were to take like physics to like, CalcBase, or do you think like that's not a major difference like in regards to the type of questions they ask on the MCAT?
0: Right, that's a good question, um, and that actually brings up something that I forgot to mention, is that you don't get a calculator on the MCAT. All the math that you have to do, you have to learn how to do it by hand. Um, So I would say you probably don't need to take the calc-based physics because they don't ask you to do any sort of math that's that difficult because you don't have a calculator. Um, I think the hardest math you'll get is like logarithms and they're not that bad. You just kind of have to relearn how to do those by hand because we probably all learned it in middle school and forgot. Um, So I'd probably say you don't need the calc-based because there's probably not that hard of math on it. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Any other questions about any of that? Okay, we can move on to scoring. So the MCAT is scored kind of weird. Oh, did you have a question? Okay, sorry. Um, The MCAT is scored kind of weird. It's not like your traditional scale, where like a 90s an A and 80s a B or whatever. Um, So, all four sections are scored separately, and they're all weighted the exact same. So, they're all worth a fourth of your overall score. So, all four sections, the lowest score you can get on each one of them is a 118, and the highest you can get is a 132. Um, And then you just add all four up together to get your composite score. So, the composite ranges from 472 to 528 being the highest. So it is kind of a weird scale to get used to because nothing else is scored like this. Um, But to give you kind of a reference, 500 is 50th percentile. So 50% of people who take it score over 500 and 50% of people score below 500. Generally what um, a good score would be just depends on the medical school that you're trying to apply to. But... um, it's generally accepted that anywhere above 80th percentile is technically a good score, which would be a 510 and above. But you can totally get in with scores below that. It just depends on, like, the school and the rest of your application. Um, And the MCAT is also scored on a bell curve. So I don't want to say that it's curved because it's not, but it is standardized, if that makes sense. Um, So say you're taking the MCAT on, like, June 1st and your friend is taking it on June 20th, you're going to have completely different exams. um, So they have to standardize it to make it fair. That way, like if one exam, that way one exam doesn't get too easy and one exam is too hard, if that makes sense. Um, So say that on your date, everybody across the country scored really, really well, they might lower the scores a little bit to make them reflect that bell curve. And same way, if everybody scored really bad across the country on this one test, maybe it was too hard, Um, And they inflate the scores a little bit. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. It can hurt you, but it can also help you. Um, But it's just a way for them to make it fair and make all the scores standardized since the tests do differ depending on the day. Any questions about the scores? I know it's kind of confusing.
2: That does make a lot of sense. Uh, I was always curious on like how they standardize it. And that's a pretty good explanation. So thank you.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Do you know if
1: the SATs were something? Because I think like I heard like there's something like that about the SATs too. Or like is the SAT just completely like, or yeah, I have no idea.
0: Um. Oh, I didn't even think about that. You guys are in a different area. I never took the ACT, or the SAT because nobody takes it in the Midwest. We take the ACT. Oh. Um, yeah, so I don't really know anything about the SAT. I never took it.
1: Okay because yeah, I felt like I heard like something about the SAT yeah. like I know like it's, we're past SAT time and all that but I don't know I felt like I heard something that the SAT was always like on a bell curve as well.
0: It might but. be yeah, I'm just I'm not sure I didn't even think about that when I was trying to explain how CARS was sorry if you guys weren't familiar with the, the ACT. Um, so after you take your exam you'll get a little score sheet back it looks like this this one's mine um, so you have your four sections here and then your scores that you that you get. And like I said, they're all weighted the exact same and they just add up. Um, so you can see like I did a little bit worse in the chem phys, and the bio biochem because my strengths were just, you know, those were just my strengths were psych and soc and CARS. Um, but since they all added up, I kind of could um, compensate for that, if that makes sense, to get my composite score of 517. Um, so this just really depends on the medical school you're looking at. All the medical schools say that they just look at the composite. Um, so don't quote me on this, but there have been like rumors that they look at a couple different sections more than others. Um, so it is rumored that they look at cars because cars, isn't something that you can memorize and then regurgitate on an exam. It's something that you have to use critical thinking skills. You have to use strategies. Um, you have to be able to pull pieces of information out of a text and man- manipulate them to fit the answer. Um, so they look at CARS a little bit more just because it's not root memorization. And then I've also heard that they look at the biological and biochemical section a little bit more because it's supposedly similar to step one, which is the exam that you take in medical school. Um, it's like the standardized test that all med students take um, and that how your students do reflects back on the med school. So. It's rumored that they look at that one too, but I don't know how true that really is. It's just stuff I've heard from other students. It's not like official or anything. Okay, so why is the MCAT so hard? Because I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, it is hard. Um, It's not a fun exam, but I think there's three main reasons why it is so hard. And the first one is knowing the content really doesn't get you to the finish line. Um, It'll definitely help you, but this is not a 100% content-based exam. You can't just memorize all the facts and spit them back out. Um, A lot of it is about learning the strategies because this is going to be, the questions are going to be worded so much differently than exams that you're used to, at least it was for me in my experience. Um, Because, you know, they give you four or five paragraphs from some medical research journal, And you'll be lucky if you understand 50% of what is said in that because it's all jargon. And you have to learn the strategies of how to pull out the meaningful information and use your background content information to find your answer. Um, So content will only get you so far. And that's one of the reasons it's so hard and so frustrating because a lot of the times I would get a question wrong on a practice exam and I would go back and look at it and I would think, well, I knew that piece of content. I just didn't know that that's what they were asking me. Um, so that's one of the reasons that it is pretty frustrating at times. Um, second is stamina. I don't know about you guys, but this was the longest test I'd ever taken. It's seven and a half hours of testing time. That is a long time to sit in a chair and take a test. Um, and there's, it actually takes more than that. Usually eight plus hours. If you count the breaks and there's a little like tutorial instructions thing at the beginning, um, So you spend all day in that testing center. And it's hard to stay focused for that long. Um, And that really just comes with practice. The more full-length practice exams you take, it's like muscle memory of how long you can stay focused. Um, So that, I mean, I'd never taken a test that long. And I had to teach myself how to stay focused for seven hours because it's hard. Um, You do get breaks. You get a 10-minute break after the first section, and then a 30-minute lunch break after the second section. And then another 10 minute break after the third section. But when I took it, it was June of 2020. Um, And so because of COVID, they had to shorten the exam so they could fit more test dates in because so many had gotten canceled in like May and April. Um, So I didn't get a lunch break. I just got three 10 minute breaks. So that was hard, but my test was also a little bit shorter. Mine was six hours instead of seven and a half. But stamina is just, it just comes with practice. And then third is that it messes with your emotions. I mean, I think a lot of times pre-med students generally have a pretty easy time with their classes. And I mean, I know that they're hard and they take effort, but pre-med students usually are willing to give that effort and they're used to studying for things. Um, But this will just be, it was so much more challenging for me than anything I'd ever done. Um, and so it made me really frustrated at times, but at other times I was really happy with myself and my progress. Um, so it does mess with your emotions quite a bit. Um, so something that my mentor always said to me was the MCAT's a game, learn the rules and learn how to beat the game. So she had two hard and fast rules that I, I like to use. And the first one is no second guessing. It's a timed exam, um, I always took up into the very last second. So you really don't have time to second guess yourself or you will run out of time. Um, You really just have to go with your gut, except for physics. Never go with your gut on physics, go with the (laughs) math. At least that's how it is for me. But um, yeah, second guessing yourself will just, you'll just spiral and you just don't have time to do that. And then the second rule that she had was, don't look for the right answer, but look for the wrong ones. I know that sounds really backwards, but instead of trying to figure out which answer choice is right, figure out which ones are wrong and cross them out. A lot of times I didn't know why the right answer was right. I didn't know why I was picking it. I just knew that all the other ones were wrong. Um, And that strategy worked for me like 95% of the time. So it is kind of crazy. Sometimes I would answer something not even knowing what it meant, but I was confident that the other ones were wrong and it got me the right answer. Um, And sometimes maybe you just get down to a 50-50 shot, but that's better than nothing. So that is a tip that really helped me, especially with cars. So three things always remember when you are studying. I know you guys are, um, some of you are only freshmen or sophomores, so you're a couple years out, but always be kind to yourself. Like I said, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It sucks, this process is not fun. It's okay to struggle a little bit. It's okay to fail a few times. It happened to me, it happens to everybody. Um, Be kind to yourself, pick yourself back up. This test doesn't mean you're going to be a good doctor or a bad doctor. Um, There are so many, I told, I was shadowing a doctor and he was like, oh, I did so bad on the MCAT. And he's a doctor and he's a great doctor. Um, So just don't let it get in your head about that. And then push yourself. Um, I started out my very first practice exam, I got a 501. Um, And then my final I went to a 517. So I went up 16 points in six months. So there's definitely so much room for improvement. You just have to push yourself and challenge yourself. And then check on your mental health. Like I said, this can be a hard process. It can get really lonely. Um, So find somebody who's doing the process with you, somebody in this club or somebody in your classes. Find somebody who's doing it at the same time. So that way you can talk to them about it. You can say, man, this sucks. Sometimes it just helps to vent. Um, And that way they can help you too, you know, if you have a question or whatever. But also find somebody who doesn't even know what the MCAT is, because sometimes that can be refreshing to hang out with people who don't want to talk about that, you know, just get you out of your little bubble for a while. And then do fun things too. You know, life goes on. It is six months of hard studying, but you have to do fun things too. So I always forced myself to plan like one fun thing a week. And I would look forward to it all week when I was studying. And that was like what got me through um so just things to remember I know that it's really intimidating especially if you haven't started yet um and it seems like I don't know I just always told myself like I don't know how I'm ever going to do that I know other people do it but I don't know how I'm going to but you can do it you just have to push yourself okay that was pretty much it other questions about any of that information before we go into a Q&A
1: So you mentioned um studying for like you studied for six months. Uh like how many hours a day or or a week did you devote to strictly like MCAT studying?
0: And yeah. Guess, like, um,
1: breaks and stuff.
0: That's a good question. And it just depended on where I was in those six months. I studied like six and a half. So my test was June 20th, and I started um in December. But um so the first like four months, I would say four to five months, I didn't do that much. Honestly, I did maybe two to three hours a day. Um, so I would just read. I had the Kaplan books and I would read a chapter a day, answer the practice problems, take notes, make flashcards. Um, that's what I tried to stick to was a chapter a day. And I didn't go in order because that was boring to me. I just picked one that sounded interesting because it just helped me stay engaged more if I let myself pick the topic I was studying. Um, so I would do that. And then once I was two months out is when I really got serious. I mean, I was serious before, but that's when I really buckled down and I started doing five to seven hours per day of MCAT stuff. So I'll be honest. I put school on the back burner. I mean, I was a full-time student. I was working a part-time job, but I put it on the back burner. I was not the best student during those two months out. Um, but that's okay. I still got by. I did the bare minimum and it, it was fine. Um, but I really devoted myself to the MCAT. So once I was two months out, I did a different section a day. So on Mondays, I would do a full length chemistry and physics section. And then I would go through it every single question, every single answer choice afterwards. Um, And then on Tuesdays, I would do a CARS section, same thing, go through it afterwards. Wednesdays, I would do a um, biology biochem section. And then Thursdays, I would do a psych section. Fridays, I would just do like random review of things that I kept missing. And then on Saturdays, I would do a full length exam. So I did one every Saturday once I was two months out. Um, And oh, I forgot to say before that, I did a full length exam once a month. And then once I was two weeks out from my test date, I did a full length exam once every three days and just reviewed it in between. So I know that sounds like a lot. It is a lot. It's like a part time job. Um, But. It was only, I looked at it, it was only six months in my life so that I could spend the rest of my life doing what I wanted to do. Oh, Um, in the chat it says, what classes do you feel like helped you the most with preparing for prereq courses? Um, Before I answer that, Keith, did I answer your question?
1: Uh, Yeah, you did, thank you.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Um, So the classes that I think helped the most I don't know if you guys have this class, but at my school, there's a class called cellular and molecular biology. And I'm sure you have cell bio. Um, that class helped a lot. It was, it was really hard at my school. I don't know how it is with you guys. And it was a lot of work, but I took it, um, the fall before the summer, I took the MCAT, and it helped me a lot, especially with the bio section. Um, I also think that organic chem helped me. I don't remember much about my MCAT. I kind of blacked out, but I just remember I had a lot of OCAM, So organic can helped me. Um, This question says, what resources did you use to prepare efficiently for the MCAT? So I used, I can put it in the chat too. Um, I used the Kaplan seven book set, and this is just like a textbook self-paced set. So I just kind of went at my own pace. I just read them. Like I said, I did a chapter a day Um, And I just picked the chapters that I wanted to study, I usually just did ones, if I thought I knew a lot about a chapter I wouldn't read it. Um, And then I also used the Altius 10 pack practice exams, so I bought 10 full length practice exams from Altius. And I think their tests are really good they're harder than the real test, but I think that helped me prepare I or always scored a little bit lower on their practice exams, but I think that was a good thing. Because it made my real one feel a little bit easier. Um, and then, if you can only buy one thing, I would buy the AAMC prep bundle because that is the company that makes the real exam. Um, so, in that bundle, you get four full length practice exams, you get a bunch of practice problems, um, and some flashcards and stuff like that. And if you can only buy one thing, definitely buy that because you get a feel for the way they word their questions and for like what they're looking for, because that's the company who makes the real exam. So it's just the most um, representative.
2: Uh, quick question. What would you say, like, I know some people swear by like Princeton Review and some people swear by Kaplan or or Exam Crackers. What do you say like to someone that's, I guess, confused on what source to get their information from?
0: Um, I don't really don't think you can go wrong with any of the content prep because all the content is the same, you know, it's just scientific facts and knowledge and concepts. Um, So anywhere you want to get content from is fine. I know a lot of people like the Princeton prep books for content, but I think what you need to be careful of is all the practice exams and practice problems. Um, So the Kaplan ones, the Kaplan practice exams are horrible. They're nothing similar to the real MCAT. Like the way they word it and the way that it's It's hard to explain, but once you get a feel for it, if you take a Kaplan, you'll think, oh, this is not not representative at all. Um, So I really liked their books, but I thought their practice exams were horrible. I didn't ever take a Next Step or a Princeton Review. I've heard Princeton Review exams are bad as well, Um, but definitely like do some internet research on the practice exams, but I don't think you can go wrong with content because all the content's the same.
2: Cool, Uh, thank you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you said you started taking like a practice exam every three days and before that you were taking one every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like actually have like enough practice exam like to take a new one each time or did you like end up having to like say um, you had like 12 in all like you did the 12 and after that um, you would go back to like the first one and like restart the cycle.
0: Yeah, um, so I did retake one um, because I never went through it. It was the one I took as my diagnostic exam, like my very first exam. I didn't ever go through that one, so I decided to retake it. And I will say I got a very inflated score on that one because I did remember it. Um, Even though I didn't go through the answers, I read the passages so much faster because I'd already read them before. Um, So I wouldn't really recommend retaking an exam unless you really have to, because I don't know, I just, I recognized things and I just don't think it was very representative of how I actually would take an exam when the material's all new. But, so um, I actually have it in here. I made like a little chart of what I was gonna do every single day when I was going through and I printed it off. So like I did that knowing all the resources that I had. And so I could plan out exactly um, how many that I had if that makes sense. Um, And in the AAMC bundle, there's like, it's not really like a section that you can take. They just have a bunch of practice problems. But I would just take 59 problems and time myself 95 minutes, and I would make it into a makeshift practice um, section. So I kind of had to DIY it myself so that I had enough resources, but it worked out. And my mentor really helped me. She, I mean, she made the schedule for me. And so I would just do what it said every single day but I would definitely plan it around whatever materials you have.
1: Um, I have a question. How did you teach yourself how to focus for that long for the MCAT?
0: Yeah, that that was really hard, um, especially because when you're taking a practice, there's a little pause button on the practice exams, but there's not that button on the real exam, of course. So. I don't really know if I did anything specific besides just forcing myself to not pause when I was doing practices and make it seem as real as possible. Make my breaks only 10 minutes, you know, don't let myself do more than that. Just try to stimulate the real exam as much as possible. Um, it just came with practice. The stamina did I also say, um, every time I did a full length practice exam, I would wake up extra early and do a workout. I just found that worked for me because it helped me like sit down and sit still the rest of the day Um, because I kind of like got all my energy out, you know, in the morning. And so then I was able to sit still for longer. I think that helped me. Um, I'm trying to think of other things I did. Really, it was just practice. I mean, the very first one I took, I was struggling so hard. Um, But by the end of it, it just is muscle memory and you don't even realize it anymore.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Any other questions? And you can ask about the process too, because I'm like applications, interviews, any of that stuff as well. It doesn't have to just be MCAT.
2: Uh, just another quick question on the MCAT. I know some people recommend to take like the diagnostic after you've gone through all the content just to see where you're at, and other people say to take it at the very start before even looking at the content. What do you think about that?
0: Um, I think it depends on what you're studying. So if you're like a science major, if you're bio or chemistry or something like that, and you've taken all the prereq classes, I would say just go ahead and take the exam before starting studying because you already have a lot of background information on it. Um, And then you can just look at areas that you need to review because really, I mean, if you're a major like bio or something like that, um, you probably have already learned everything. You just have to relearn it or review it more in depth. Um, but if you're not a science major, if you haven't been taking the classes, I would definitely learn the content first because, I mean, it would be really hard to take an exam without any background information.
2: Right. Thank you. And also, like, once you take an exam and you go to, like, review, uh, I guess, how you did, what are some things that you do to, like, organize and understand, like, statistically where you're making mistakes? Because there's a lot of questions to go through, and I guess you have to be kind of strategic, right, when you're going over the exam.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, And this depends on the section, like cars, I went through it very specifically because there's different types of questions in cars. Um, But so for all the sciences, what I would do is I would make a little list in my notebook. Every single practice exam, I would write down, (laughs) I always titled it things that I keep forgetting. And I would just write down whatever topic that question was about. If I missed it, I would write it down put it on my list. And then the rest of the day I would go through that list and I would find that section in my Kaplan books. And usually it would be like a subheading or something. And it would just be two or three pages. I would reread it, redo the practice problems for that section um, and then cross it off my list. So for every single question I got wrong, I would write down the topic. Um, So say that it was about, I don't know, like the renal system for the kidneys I would write down specifically what it was slash renal system and then I'll go back and reread it and redo the questions in the book and that really helped me um just because I if I, it was if it was on my list you know a couple of days in a row I knew I needed to, I knew I needed to read the whole chapter and just relearn it um and then for cars has very specific types of questions they have like reasoning within the text and reasoning beyond the text um, and things like that so if you can find a pattern of which questions you keep missing, then you can search up strategies of, you know, how to improve on reasoning within the text. But usually on your practice exams, on the companies that I used, it'll say that when you're reviewing them, it'll say this question is reasoning within the text. That way, you know which ones you keep missing.
2: Okay, that's super helpful. Thank you.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, This question says, what classes do you have to take for the MCAT what are some topics that you could self-study? Um, I would recommend definitely taking organic chemistry. I don't think that's something you can teach yourself because it's just so complex and confusing. Um, I would take physics as well. Um, All the biologies I would probably take just because they're very detailed and that's a lot of information to teach yourself in six months, you know, I mean, I learned all that information over three years. Um, Some topics that you could probably self-study would be psychology and sociology. I never took sociology because mostly psych and social is just memorizing terms. There's like hundreds of terms you just have to memorize and you can pretty much teach yourself that if you have to. So I would say you could self-study those if you're in a time crunch or if you didn't take them or whatever, um, just because they are definitions. But, the hard sciences, I would probably say to take prereq for because you would just get like a more rounded understanding of the material that way. Um, I have a more specific question, and it kind of like relates to applications as well. Mm-hmm. Um, So really similar to your journey, like into applying med school. Um, like coming to Stockton, I was originally going to major in both biology and Spanish, because I already had like a lot of like credits for both coming in, Um, but kind of like after looking like at what I had, I realized that I could graduate in like three years with just the Spanish minor. Would you say doing the major over the minor like has more of an impact on your applications? Um, You know, it's hard to say because I don't really know. I don't have much experience with that, really, because I just changed mine at the, like, I'm not kidding, like two weeks before I submitted my application, I changed it Um, just because my advisor suggested that I do. Because at my school, it was only four more classes to move from a minor to a major. Um, And I do know that med schools like to see that you're well-rounded. They like to see you do things that are not science. Um, But I think a minor would convey that just as well as a major. Um, I think graduating in three years would also be really impressive for them to see that you were able to knock it out that fast. So I don't think it would hurt you to be a minor instead of a major. I don't think it would make that big of a difference. It also depends on the rest of your application. You know, if you have good experiences and um, involvement and um, clinical experience, shadowing, volunteering, all of that, then a minor instead of a major wouldn't be that big of a difference. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I don't know how much it really helped me to switch. It was just like a last minute panic thing.
2: <laughs> uh, as far as like applications go, I know you said you want to talk about that as well. Um, how many different schools like did you apply for? and Like would you recommend and like how was the whole application process for you?
0: So mine was a little bit unique because I did the early decision program. Um, I don't know if you guys know what that is, but that's why I already know that I was accepted so early. Um, so basically, early decision program is you ju- you can only apply to one school. That's the catch. You're only allowed to apply to one school. Um, but it really shows that school that you're dedicated to them. It's really attractive to them because they know if you if they give you this spot, you're going to take it because it's the only school that you applied to. But on the other hand, if you don't get into that school, then you're kind of screwed because then you're late applying everywhere else. Um, so I only applied to one school because I did that program. Um, I chose to do it because I wanted to stay in Kansas and KU is the only medical school in Kansas. Honestly, it's the only place I can afford because I can't really afford out-of-state tuition. <laughs> and um, I just want to stay in Kansas and live in Kansas the rest of my life. So that's why um, I want to go to school there too. But I think generally, if you're doing regular decision, people normally apply anywhere from like five to seven schools. Um, This says, how did you prepare for the interview process? So interviews, I know they sound really scary. I was really nervous before my interview, um, but it was not as scary as I thought it was going to be. And I only I only have one interview. Um, But things I did to prepare where I reread my application, just made sure that I knew all my activities because they'll probably ask you, You know, I see that you're involved in this research, tell me about that. Or I see that you were a part of this club, tell me about a time you worked in a team in that club. So go over your application, make sure you have specific experiences and specific stories from your involvement that you can tell because they'll probably ask. Um, And then make sure that you are staying up to date on your current events. So they're going to ask you about health policy questions, um, current events in healthcare. My friend and roommate, she applied to the same school I did. She got asked about this Medicare bill that's being passed in Kansas right now. Her interviewer asked her about that. So um, read up on your current events. I listened to the inter- or to the podcast called Two Docs Talk. I'll put that in here. It's free on Spotify. Um. And that's just two doctors talking about different healthcare things going on in the world. So that really helped me. They're only like 10 minute episodes. I would just listen to them when I was walking to class or when I was driving. Um, And that was nice because it was like a passive way to stay up to date on the events. And then I also went to Time Health online and just read a couple articles a day, like two weeks out from my interviews when I started prepping. You don't have to do this way in advance because you want to know the current stuff, you know? Um, I also got asked a butt ton of questions about COVID because I applied in 2020, um, so I had to stay up to date on that, of course. But I do definitely recommend looking at specific articles because I was able to actually say in a couple of my answers, you know, I just read this article a couple of days ago that mentioned X, Y, Z, and I think that this will have an effect on blah, blah, blah. And I think that that sounds really impressive, and it sounds like you know your shit when. You pull an article up. Um, so you don't need to do that way beforehand, just the week before, two weeks before, start looking at those things. Um, find one that's interesting to you and that you know you can use. Like I found one that was about how um, the COVID pandemic is affecting cancer care in the United States. And I thought that was interesting and unique and um, a different twist on how COVID is affecting us that not a lot of people would have that answer. So I used that one. Um, this says, Would you be able to share your email or contact information? Oh, yes, I can. I I can send it to all of you. I also have a TikTok if you guys are on TikTok. And it's just, um, in cat tips and stuff because I'm teaching a prep course next semester. So I'll probably start posting a lot more on my TikTok, um, like different content stuff when I'm teaching that class. So I'll put my TikTok handle, too. Does anybody else have any questions?
2: All right, uh, on if anyone has any more questions, feel free to put them in the chat or just speak now. If not, um, I know I did tell Natalie like 30 to 45 minutes. So I know it's coming to an end. And yeah. All right. If not, uh, sorry, my roommates th- are all showing. No, you're good. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. And I appreciate you sharing your uh, contact information. Super helpful. And uh, I hope most of us can go ahead and follow you on TikTok and keep up because um, I know I found you on TikTok and it was super helpful because it, it just pops up and I'm like, oh, yeah, the MCAT. I could learn about that while I'm just browsing through wasting time. So it was super helpful. And uh, I look forward to like the more uh, seeing the stuff that you put out. So, yeah.
0: Thank you. I'm a new account. I just started it like a month ago, maybe. So I don't have very many followers. You're killing
2: it. You have like a thousand so You're killing it.
0: Well, thank you.
2: All right. Thank you so much. And I appreciate you coming on.
0: Sure. Thank you, guys. Nice to meet you all.
2: Nice to meet you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you you very much. Thank Thank you you so much.
1: Thanks, guys.